What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Mayakoba Championship, which means Victor Hovland defends his title. And the reason that I bring that up specifically is because just a few days ago on my podcast, it's called 300 Yards to Unknown, Victor Hovland came on and we chatted about this very title defense, how he was going to feel in just a few days' time, and a variety of other topics. So go ahead, check that out. I'll link it here if you're on YouTube. And of course, it'll be in the description as well so that you can listen and get into the minds of the defending champion for this week and in return uh, for that great content and hopefully lots of other great content do me a favor like this video make sure you're subscribed to the channel it goes a long way for me it costs you nothing I think it's a very fair exchange uh, but otherwise I'm stoked for this great field we have brewing in Mayakoba let's jump into it this event might have a slightly different name. There's a new sponsor, but it's the same course. El Chameleon is a course that gets rave reviews from a lot of players. And in fact, it is actually uh, going to get the strongest field in tournament history this week. Seven of the top 20 players in the world. And there are three really kind of distinct I don't want to say version sections of this course. There's the, the the version or the section where you go through the mangroves. There's kind of an ocean front or a beachfront uh, portion to it. And then another portion where you're essentially in the jungle. It's kind of a an interesting, unique kind of golf course that I think can jar uh, some of the golfers out there. But when you look at the key stats, uh, there is really one thing that stands alone. And if you no, or if, you, if you're if you new and you don't know, really, um, this is a regression model that I run each and every week for each and every course. And what I start to do is I use a dozen years worth of data to build out, uh, build out what types of golfers are going to have success at every single course. And the one stat that most closely correlated to success over the years at El Chameleon is driving accuracy. In fact, only seven other courses on the PGA Tour uh, have a stronger correlation to success with driving accuracy than this course right here. So that's the one thing we're certainly going to keep in mind. Obviously, there's lots of ways to get it done with 7,000 square foot uh, greens on average. That's larger than the PGA Tour average. It'll play to a par 71, and it'll be Paz Palom greens. Uh, Paz Palom, of course, a, a wider blade of grass, usually better for the below average putters. But unfortunately, we do not have historic strokes gain metrics from this course because uh, usually the PGA Tour does not take those lasers on the road with them, especially when they leave the United States or the continental United States. Uh, if, if we have shot link this week or shot tracker this week, that'll be a welcome surprise, but I do not anticipate it. And when you look at the other courses that have Paz Palom greens, which I believe are Puerto Rico and Punta Cana, I believe are the other two, we don't get strokes gained numbers there either. So Paz Palom is the one type of green that we do not get the strokes gained metrics on, but again, usually lends itself to the below average putter. Now, when we look at these key stats and we start to figure out the math model for who this golf course is going to fit best, let me scroll down. I have the last 16 rounds loaded in and wouldn't it be Guido Migliozzi, yeah, gets gets a big bump on the approach play, the putting, a uh, little bit of help on the on the accuracy. Again, only 12 measured rounds for him. I don't even have 16 measured rounds for Guido in the database because he has not played on the PGA Tour all that often. But uh, he's number one in a very small sample size course fit. Number two, Aaron Wise. We are going to talk about Aaron Wise for sure. Mito Pereira is third. If you start to look at um, kind of the, the the more expensive golfers, you'll see... 
Justin Thomas, Victor Hovland, and Tony Finau lead the way there. Uh, they're both over a 3, 3.0 in adjusted fit. That's generally a very good sign. So those those guys get a boost. Uh, Abraham Answer gets a really big boost for his driving accuracy, but doesn't really get much of a boost anywhere else. Uh, but he's had a great run there. So if you like this course fit model, you can mess around with you know the different number of rounds. This is obviously a very small sample size that we're looking at, but I wanted to give you an idea of the types of golfers that I think are going to have success this week. Let's turn our attention over to the cheat sheet. As we turn our attention here to the cheat sheet, let me give a couple of quick shout outs uh, from last week. Number one, Nick, who has uh, slid into my mentions a couple of times, uh, very successful players seemingly had a deep run in the flop shot last week, ended up winning about $12,000 on the week. Congratulations to you, Nick. And then uh, Paul McVeigh from Toronto, Canada, Uh, your son sent me a very nice message. I just want to say thanks for all the support. I really do. I really do appreciate it. Um, Let's go to the cheat sheet here. So the top of this board, the $10,000 range, seven, seven golfers over $10,000. I cannot just kind of recent memory. Think of a time where that many golfers, six is usually kind of the max. Sometimes that's a lot. Sometimes four or five, seven golfers, very top heavy field. So uh, here's what we've got. Justin Thomas leads the way at 11,200. Then you get Victor Hovland, Abraham Answer, Tony Finau, Terrell Hatton, Billy Horschel, and Brooks Kepka in this tier. Let's figure this out. And what I actually love about that, let me just like Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go to the Holy Grail. I'm going to load up the last two seasons, and I'm just going to uh, look at the guys at the top here and see what we can find. So uh, in terms of pure strokes gain metrics, uh, the one guy that stands out as maybe not the best would be Billy Horschel. He's got the lowest strokes gained per round in this in this tier. But remember, uh, you know, he's got that very volatile win at the uh, at the at the match play. He has played better on the European Tour recently. He has a win there. That's not being counted. So even th- that number that you're seeing on the screen, it's probably better. Here's where I'm going to generally go. Um, obviously, I'm partial to Victor Hovland. One, because I like him. Okay, I, I know that might be a blind spot. Two. The ball striking is out of this world. Um, so when you look at the last two seasons, so or the start of the start of last season, and you sort by ball striking, that's an unofficial stat. It's strokes gained off the tee plus strokes gained approach. Uh, of anybody with at least fifty rounds, Mito's up there. He only has forty-two rounds. Victor Alvin has a hundred rounds. Victor's the best. 1.24 per per round in the ball striking categories. His success this week will be determined by the around the green play and the putting. We've seen the putting get hot. He did it at Summit Club. He gained over five and a half strokes. He can gain two, three, four. He can do it. Uh, He's just going to need to be probably a zero around the greens and maybe a plus three or plus four in the putting category. And he is ripe to potentially win this golf tournament. The other one that catches my attention here. Uh, answer is interesting. And if we go to answer and we look at him playing this course, you can see answer has been, uh, quite delightful at this event, right? Let me try to scroll up so that you can see it here. Uh, six starts. He's made the cut in his last five. The last four have been top 25s, uh, two top 10 finishes in there. That's, that's just fine. I don't mind Abraham answer. I think that maybe, the high leverage guy might be Terrell Hatton here. I think he's the one that probably goes 
most overlooked. I think in general, he's kind of an overlooked golfer, right? You look at his average ownership in the last five, it's something like 12% owned. He's just not a very popular golfer in general. And when you start throwing the other golfers in this tier around him, I think people forget about it. And he's high upside, uh, high reward, played well at the Summit Club, had a close call on the European Tour a couple of weeks ago. He's played even more frequently than um, you know what this page you're looking at shows. And I just think that he is very, very live here. I think he's very viable. I think you're going to get him at a good ownership. So the way that I kind of break this out, uh, Hovland, one, answer, I think very reasonable. Uh, number two, you can throw Thomas in there. That's fine. And then I think that Hatton is kind of your pivot play. And we'll see how this shakes out. There's going to be three live chats this week. The Wednesday... The Wednesday p.m. Uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time live chat, all things Mayakoba. I'll have ownership projections for then. We'll see what Hatton is, what what Hatton's ownership is coming in at. You won't want to miss that. The other uh, live chats, 8:15 p.m. Eastern time on uh, the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. That's where you are right now. That is the um, uh, the Jock Market Power Hour. That's all things stock market DFS. And then the Cut Sweat Show. That's 4 p.m. Eastern time on Friday. That will be fun. That'll be a little. Uh, we we know we cut that we sweat the cut we see how your lineups are doing we look at bets for the weekend it's a fun time. Speaking of bets, before I forget the Caesars. So Caesars has been offering this five thousand dollar free bet, which is an absolute bonkers offer. The last day for that is Monday, November first. So you want to take advantage of that if you have not signed up for for Caesars yet. It's RickRunGood.com/slash bets, and then I think they're going to an offer that is. $1,001 in free bets. Now, I was reading the terms and conditions about it. Do not quote me on this. I'm not like Caesar's you know, PR or legal team, but it almost read like they'd give you $1,000 in free bets no matter if your bet won or lost. So usually when you take these offers up, you know, for $5,000, you, you bet $5,000 on a game or up to $5,000 on a game, whatever amount that you want. And if you lose, they give you a credit. So it's like a risk-free bet. The way that this one reads is kind of different, which I, I I don't know if this is true or not, but it looks like even if you win the $1,000 bet, they'll give you 1000 I would check in on that again. RickRungood.com slash bets. You let me know. That's the way that I thought it read. Maybe, I, maybe the coffee hasn't kicked in yet. The 9K range. Aaron Wise is $9,600. Could not be... Any more well deserved? Um, I have a lot of I have a lot on Aaron Wise, so let me empty the ch- empty the chamber here. If you've been following along, uh, you know what's going on with Aaron Wise, and what is going on with Aaron Wise is historically one of the worst putters on the PGA Tour, and great tee to green player has figured out the putter, and that is a very dangerous, uh, really highly projectable combination. And if he does this with the putter, he's going to win golf tournaments. I don't know if it's here. I don't know if it's later in the fall. I don't know if it's ever, but like, this is such a good sign. So in his last six measured events, he has gained strokes putting in four of them. That's all he needs to do. Gain one to two strokes putting. Tita Green, as always, phenomenal. Eighth place at the Shriners. Fifth at the CJ Cup. What did he do here last year? Almost ran down Victor Hovland right? Finished second at this event last year. Let me show you a couple of other things that I think are even more interesting than just the, the finishing position and all that, all that jazz. Uh, here's the Holy grail. Go to the fantasy tab. We're playing a fantasy game. Aren't we? Shouldn't we be looking at this? Here are, uh, Aaron Wise's fantasy logs. 
Aaron Wise has gained DraftKings points on the field. If you're new to that stat, you just take the average number of points uh, for uh, scored on DraftKings each week. If you if your golfer scored more than that, they gained. If they scored less, they lost. It's just like strokes gained. He has gained fantasy points on the field in every event dating back to the Wells Fargo Championship. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, if my, if my math is right. Why is that important? Because even in some of these finish, finishes where he finishes 46th or 66th, well, he finished 66th at the Travelers and gained 23 points on the field. That's a lot because he makes so many birdies and he might make an eagle and he might get a birdie streak. I mean, he has seven birdie streaks in his last three starts. He has five bogey free rounds in there. And I know it was Shriners and, and Summit Club, but like that, he is a fantasy scoring machine. And we don't often, and this is my fault, separate out what they're doing on the golf course with the finishing position, with their strokes gain metrics. That's all very valuable. We're playing a fantasy game. Fantasy points is the most valuable metric. So it, it, what he's doing and the way that he plays is really incredibly valuable. So $9,600 will be popular. It's well-deserved. Um, I don't know necessarily what to do with Patrick Reed. Obviously, you know, leader in the clubhouse on Sunday, almost gets himself into a, a playoff uh, last week in Bermuda. It's hard to tell how he did it. We didn't have the strokes gain metrics. Obviously, the thing that, that's going to stand out that we saw was he sprays a drive uh, into the hazard. He takes his drop, and then he holds out for eagle. Like he, That's probably like a four-shot swing right there. Um, he got the right side of the draw. That's probably a three-shot swing. I could easily write off Bermuda and not be excited about Patrick Reed this week. I, I'm I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really, he is probably the most difficult guy in the field to cap this week. So if you want to leave a comment, let me know what you think you're about doing with Patrick Reed this week. Um, I'm, I'm open ears. Um, I, I just, yeah, I'm just, I'm just confused with him. The bottom of this nine K or the lower end of it is fascinating. Uh, Matthew Wolf is more expensive than Will Zalatoris. I know it's just a hundred dollars, but that is a fact. So what do we have going on here? Um, Wolf, I'm I'm continuing to be cautious with, uh, and I've said this a million times, he will essentially uh, go as far as the driver takes him, which is a good thing because he's when at it when he's at his best, a very good driver. The second place finish at the Shriners, obviously a great second place finish. He still lost the stroke off the tee. That's concerning. Gained nearly seven strokes putting, which was the best putting performance of his young career. Are we going to get another ceiling putting performance from Matthew Wolf? Probably not. Is he going to gain nine strokes in the short game around the green and putting? Probably not, because that's something he's never even remotely touched before, and that's what he did to Shriners to finish second. So I want to be in on Matthew Wolf. He's a great fantasy scorer when he gets going, but to me, I need to see some more consistent gains with with the driver, and then I'll be back, no problem. Uh, Zalatoris, on the other hand, very good off the tee, generally a very good iron player or approach player, uh, not a very good putter. Now, of course, we don't have the... Any putting metrics on Pazpalam greens for him or anybody else for that matter because the lasers don't go there. But I, I know in general, and this is a blanket statement to make, Pazpalam 
that blade of grass, it is a little bit more forgiving to poor putters. Um, and and I'm hoping that Zalatoris can find a way to, hey, gain three strokes, gain two strokes, uh, do what you did at the Fortinet, do what you did at the Sanderson Farms. That would be that would be excellent. So when I'm looking at those two, it would be really difficult for me to pass up on Will Zalatoris over Matthew Wolf if I had, you know, ninety two hundred or ninety three hundred dollars left that I wanted to spend. As I jump into the 8K range, I have some winners uh, from last week. Troy Harshberger, hope I'm saying that right. Jack Pfeiffer, also hope I'm saying that right. Uh, I drew your name for a subscription to rickrungood.com. Congratulations, I've already reached out to you. Uh, actually, I think I think Jack already, already answered me, so I'm good there. Um, if you want to win a subscription to rickrungood.com, if you want to use the tools that I'm showing you, everything on my screen is from my website, constantly making updates, and there's some big ones coming. Um, there's two ways to get into a draw. Make sure you like this video. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Comment below with who you think is going to win the Mayakoba Championship. Mayakoba Classic? Championship? Championship, I think it's called. Uh, the other way, the easier way to win, the way that Jack won, is go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and review, say something nice about the show, and leave me your Twitter handle. The podcast version of this show is called 300 Yards to Unknown. It will be linked in the description, as it always is. You do both. You get two entries. I will announce the winner next week. Good luck. The AK range is pretty fascinating. Uh, I could make a case to go right back to Mito Pereira. Uh, he is, uh, you know, in terms of strokes gained total, in terms of the ball striking metrics, uh, the best in this range. Again, smaller sample size than most guys, but $8,100, I can make a case for that. You can make a case to go right back to Cameron Tringale, who had another runner-up finish at the Zozo Championship. He's played here in the past to varying levels of success. Um, I am very interested to see what the public does with Alex Norin. Uh, let me see if I can pull him up real quick. So he was, uh, he is still continuing to play really good golf, right? He's been piling up the top 10, top 15, top 20 finishes, however you want to kind of break this out. And he was, uh, if I remember correctly, actually, I can just look this up, uh, pretty popular at the CJ Cup, wasn't he? Okay, he was 10% owned, which is about twice what you normally get for Alex Noren. So I knew he was a little bit popular at the CJ Cup. And he finished T59, and he lost four strokes on approach, and I think people just kind of said, ah, you know what, we gave him a crack. We don't have to worry about Alex Noren again for a while. But that four strokes he lost on approach, that is, yeah, I mean, like one of the worst in a while for him. The worst definitely in 2021, dating back to the end of 2020. Like, probably not going to happen again. Then you look at what he did to make the, you know, the quick turnaround to go from Vegas to Tokyo for the Zozo. And he finished T18. Obviously it was a weaker field, but like he had one kind of bad week at the summit club where he was probably, where he's probably not going to lose four strokes on approach again for a while. I'm willing to go back to this. I think this is a pretty interesting little pivot for some of these guys in the $8,000 range um, that, that adds up. The other thing that I would like to do is I'd like to go to the Holy Grail, which I'm here. This is the stats page. Uh, I've just kind of scrolled down to the $8,000 guys, and I'm just kind of looking for a couple of things that stand out. Obviously, green is good and red is bad. Um, Russell Henley, last 16 rounds is what I have this set up as. Russell Henley, last 16. Second to Mito in the approach play. Gives it all back with the putter, essentially. Now, 
again, if you can bank on Paz Palom or if you want to bank on Paz Palom helping, that's nice. Leads this 8K range in fairways hit, which again, we know accuracy is a very strong correlator to success here. Um, Henley will likely be the Mito pivot uh, because Mito now at $8,100 will probably be pretty popular, but that, that would not be the end of the world to me. So that's kind of Norin, Mito, Henley, even Keegan. Like the bo- I, I think I like the bottom of that $8,000 range more than I like uh, the top half of it. The, the 7Ks have a lot going on, uh, a lot. So let, let's, let's do this a couple of different ways. Um, one, Joaquin Neiman is going to be incredibly popular. He's $7,800. He's going to be the chalk. He just feels mispriced. The fact that he's below... Russell Henley, he, he's just, he's going to be incredibly popular uh, and he's been consistent. He's been fine. He hasn't been amazing, but he's, he's been good. There's no, there's nothing wrong with Joaquin Neiman. Charlie Hoffman is really interesting because Hoffman went through this phase of being a kind of a sweetheart uh, in, 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 in fantasy golf and in the betting markets and the ball striking metrics are there and all that good stuff. But my goodness, has Mayakoba been kryptonite for Charlie Hoffman. He's played a lot here, 22 rounds. That is eight different starts. He's missed the cut in five of them, including five of his last six. He has, uh, let's see, never cracked the top 30. That's a lot of uh, golf to play at the same course over a long period of time and not have success. I'm, I'm fairly concerned about that. Uh, much less concerned about Seamus Power, another 12th place finish last week. You're not going to get me off this guy. He's just like, let's let's look at, well, we don't have his metrics for last week. But um, coming off a 12th place finish, let's see what he's got here. So, yeah, I mean, he's just, I assume he, he, he was a ball striking fiend again because that's what he does, right? He's gained strokes on approach in all but two events since the Wells Fargo Championship. It's just, yeah, you're, you're not going to get me off a ball striker like that. An interesting play would be Carlos Ortiz, uh, who withdrew from the Zozo. He did not get disqualified, right? I think he withdrew. I do not remember. Let me look up and see if he gave a reason. Okay. Cited a shoulder injury. Um, I would like to know more about that. If we kind of see him on the course and playing this week, I'd assume he's healthy enough. I've been pretty bullish on Carlos Ortiz, very volatile golfer, but kind of in a good way. And look at his results here, an eight, eighth place finish and a runner-up finish in the last two years. You might get this guy. I mean, what is he? I mean, he's not popular in general. He's got to be sub 5% this week, right? Especially with the 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 WD, people being concerned. Ah, they might get give him a bump because of the Mexico angle. But he's generally not that popular. Last six events, he's only been over... Jeez, he's only been over 4% twice, 7, 7% last week or last start. That was the Zozo and he withdrew. So those people aren't going to play him again. I'd be interested to keep a close eye on Carlos Ortiz over the course of the week. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Patrick Rogers played well last week outside of Sunday, still finished fourth. He's now got a couple of, of high finishes. Oh, okay. The opposite of charlie hoffman is russell knox let's do this uh if you like course history i've got a guy for you so let's do load in this field uh just say mayakoba history sorted by strokes gained total so this is only going to be the last 10 years of strokes gained metrics um the best golfer by a pretty wide margin that's not true 
by a good enough margin <laughs> is Russell Knox gaining 1.87 strokes per round in 28 rounds. He's never missed a cut. He's never finished worse than 33rd in those seven starts, a runner up in 15, a third place finish in 16, a ninth place finish in 17. How's he been playing recently? Good question, Rick. Pat myself on the back for that question. We're going to do the research together here. Russell Knox, 12th in Bermuda. 12th in Bermuda was his best strokes gained week, dating back to his 7th at Pebble in February. Maybe a little bit of confidence. Maybe a little bit of growing form to go to a place he's had a lot of great success. Russell Knox. Again, popular last week. Okay, there's another guy coming up who was popular last week who maybe we should be considering this week when everyone jumps off the bandwagon. Russell Knox might be that guy too. Hmm. Bottom of the 7K range, uh, Adam Long is a flat $7,000. If you're looking for a safe option, you can fast forward. Uh, but if you're looking for a volatile option, Adam Long might be your guy. So look at his, look at his results. Going back to the Charles Schwab challenge, that was in May. <laughs> 20th, 26th, cut, cut, 23rd, cut, 25th, cut, 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 29th, cut, 25th. So he has either been cut or finished inside the top 30. Oh my God, this goes back almost the entirety of 2021. This goes back to waste management. No finish in the 30s or worse, except the missed cuts. It's really strange. So you either get a good week from him or you don't. Finished 25th at the Zozo Championship last week. Again, maybe growing a little bit of form. Um, more accurate uh, off the tee than, than, than most guys. This is a small sample size, this driving accuracy percentage. Let's actually look at it for a longer period of time here. So let's go to stats. Uh, I'll sort by fairway. Let's do like 50 rounds-ish and see where Adam Long pops up. Is he near the top? Yeah, okay, he's like the top 20 or so in this field. Not so bad, 67% of his of his fairways. Um, and here's the, here's the real kicker. Here's where I kind, why I kind of care. He's played here twice. He's finished second and third the last two years. So when you start combining that, uh, in no way do I believe that he is safe, but there you go. The 6K range, um, if you like what you're seeing, this is my website, rickrungood.com. You can subscribe. I highly encourage you to do so. Let's see. Oh, fun little note about Danny Lee last week. So Danny Lee's been generally pretty sour. Danny Lee did something that few golfers uh, have done. And let me show you what it was. So let me go to the fantasy tab of the Holy Grail here. We'll load in the field. We'll look at birdie streaks. We'll, we'll get Aaron Wise out of here. And what you'll notice is that Danny Lee, boom, became the one, two, three, four, fifth golfer is that it? Five? Yeah. Oh, no, not in this field. Sixth golfer uh, in the last four years to make a birdie streak in all four rounds. Think about that. A birdie streak in all four rounds. That is why he finished second and outscored the guy who won the golf tournament, Lucas Herbert. That's rare. We are playing a fantasy point game. This stuff matters, and I should do a better job of pointing it out to you, but Danny Lee, big time birdie maker. Is he going to do it again? Probably not. But again, just direct your attention to thinking about fantasy points.
6,900 is uh, Guido Migliozzi. He popped up on the course fit. I think that, uh, I don't think, but outside of his Sunday round at Bermuda last week, he was much better. He actually gained strokes on the field in each of the first three rounds, punted it all away, and then some on Sunday. I don't generally care about that. He has a very, very small sample size of measured rounds on the PGA Tour. Of those very small sample size of measured rounds on the PGA Tour that he has, he's been pretty darn good. Been a very good ball striker. Um, he, he starts to get me excited. We don't know a, we don't know a lot about him and how he's going to be on the PGA Tour yet. But if you're looking for a flyer, sixty nine hundred dollars is probably too cheap for Guido. Ches Revi, Shea Reve, sixty six hundred. Last five trips, four top twenty sixes or better. Are you starting to see a trend here? Who's having success at this golf course? The, I mean, the math told us. But who, as we have gone through this, who's been having success? Russell Knox. Um, Ches Revi, right? These these shorter, more accurate drivers of the golf ball can find success at, the, at this golf course. In fact, the math says only seven other courses on the PGA Tour is driving accuracy strong, more strongly correlated with success, um, I, which just leads me perfectly. I have to continue to scroll down. I'll come back to some of these guys. Brian Gay is $6,200. Brian Gay, um, I alluded to earlier about someone that was popular last week that should probably be popular this week and everyone's going to jump off off the bandwagon. So uh, here, let's do the Brian Gay thing. So Brian Gay, of course, last week in Bermuda, everyone's like, oh, he's the defending champion. Got to play him, blah, blah, blah. They're not wrong. He finished 12th. All good. No problem there. He's been very, very volatile, but he's coming off the, I, I shouldn't even say volatile. He's been bad. His metrics have been horrible. His results have been horrible, but you build a little confidence at a place that you played well at in Bermuda. You finished T12. Then you get to go immediately to probably the other place that you've had the most success at, arguably a lot more success at, because he only played the Bermuda Championship. There's only been two versions of that. So he won one of them, finished third in the other. Well, how about his history at El Camillon? Well, let me show you. I'm just going to type in Mayakoba. I should have been, the, the, the payoff to that big thing wasn't, here, here it is, boom, 10 years, 10 years he's played this event. You know how many cuts he's missed? Zero. You know how many top 30s he has? Let's see. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, six top 30s. He won this event in 2018, finished fifth in 2011. Uh, would I pay $6,200 for this guy? Yeah, probably, certainly would. Don't forget about Brian Gay just because it's not the Bermuda Championship. What else do we have here? Where is um, where is Sam Ryder? He's got to be in this range. Oh, here we go. $6,500. Sam Ryder. Let's talk about Sam Ryder because, again, this is a fantasy game. Can you guys hear Oliver barking outside? Can you hear that? I don't know if you can. I don't know how good the mic is. Or maybe it's good if you can't hear him, but I can hear him. All right. Let's try Sam Ryder here. Yes. No, wait. Sorry, let me just get my filters in order. Make sure I have all this stuff in good shape. All right, here we go. Sam Ryder, 6,500 bucks this week. Um, again, this is a fantasy point game. Sam Ryder has gained 20 fantasy points, 20 on the field, at least 20 in six of his last eight starts. Missed the cut in the other two, but has a seventh place finish. I mean, these are, he gains 33 points on the field, scored 92 fantasy points and finished 51st at the Sanderson Farms because he made 
22 birdies, an eagle, 15 bogeys. That's a lot, but had three different birdie streaks. That is so valuable. If you will, if you guys will humor me, he finished 51st at the Sanderson Farms and scored 92 and a half points. I got to look at the leaderboard. I have to look at it. Yeah, here it is. He scored. This is amazing. He scored more fantasy points finishing 51st than Nate Lashley and Taylor Moore, who finished 17th, Adam Long, who finished 29th, Russell Knox, who finished 29th, Nick Hardy, who finished 26th, just basically everyone, right? That This is so valuable. He is such a valuable fantasy scorer. He's $6,500. Uh, he's going to have to be in my lineup, so I just, I can sense it already. Anybody else here in the 6K? We're going to go make a model. We're going to make a model before we get out of here, but um, I'm trying to see if there's anyone... Super interesting that I missed. It's a massive twelve, a uh, massive six thousand dollar range. Anybody that I really need to talk about? I don't know. Let's see if we can find some more in the model. This is the custom model, RickRunGood.com. I'm going to do. Should I do sixteen or twenty four rounds? Let's split the difference. Twenty rounds. What do we know about El Chameleon? Accuracy. 25 on accurate. Maybe I should do more. 30 on accuracy. 30 on birdie or better. I'm so far into this fantasy. I'm trying to just convince myself of fantasy scoring. That's all I care about. Fantasy scoring. It's all I care about. So I've got 40 left. Let's do... Um, all right. So what I like to do on larger than average uh, green sizes... I like to do three putt avoidance because the larger the green, the more likely uh, pros become to three putt. And then I'm going to just f- finish my last 25 on approach because if, you, if you're an approach player, you're going to be just fine and dandy. Now, let's see what we got here. Scroll down and we'll see my top guys. And oh, 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 oh boy, Russell Henley's number one. That's interesting. Obviously, I mean, he was up there in the, in the, he's a great ball striker. He was up there in the fairways hit. Uh, Russell Henley won. Someone named Victor Hovland's number two. I like that. Abraham answered three. That's fine. Joel Damon did not talk about him. I can do my homework on Joel Damon. Finau is five. Swafford, six. Streelman, seven. Norin, eight. Revy, nine. Ortiz, 10. So I'm going to do a little bit of homework on Streelman, Swafford, Damon. We can come back to them. Let me sort this by salary. Yeah, JT was a, a 67 score. To put that into perspective, Hovland was an 88.1, and he was my second highest ranked golfer. The score helps because it helps differentiate um, kind of the difference. Billy Horschel's score would be a little bit skewed because he has that win in Europe that's not being counted in which he probably has really, really good metrics. Where did Aaron Wise finish? 72? So that's 13th on my... On my model, who finished last? I never scroll all the way down. Yeah, the guys that don't have any stats, but Roberto Diaz or Martin Trainer. Interesting. Okay, well, there you go. There's your custom model. We'll do it again on the live chat on Wednesday. Um, so much good stuff this week. I'm absolutely stoked for it. Again, listen to the Victor Hovland interview. Um, subscribe to this YouTube channel. It goes a long way for me. Thank you. Uh, comment with who you think is going to win. That'll get you into a draw to win a subscription to rickrungood.com, which I think you should just sign up for anyway. And if you already have a subscription and you win the subscription, I just refund you a month. So it's like, there's no point in not signing up. Um, otherwise take advantage of the, the Caesars offer for the, for, for 
Monday. Last day's Monday. And I'll see you throughout the week. Tweet me, at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. See you guys.